your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. All right, welcome to a Monday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. I am joined now by Cammy, who you can follow on Twitter at CammyNG. Cammy, it was quite a weekend. Did you have time to, to get rested up after the NFL draft? I didn't get much sleep. Uh, but are you rested? Have you digested everything? Are you ready to talk about the NFL draft? I don't know. I mean, I think it'll take a couple days to fully feel rested. I was kind of hurting on late Friday night. I think I was actually messaging you around two in the morning um, shortly after DuVernay got picked. So um, I'm definitely tired, but I'm excited about how it went and I'm uh, pumped to talk about it. Yeah, it was it was a, a different, I guess, different time for me. Normally, I have time to really, you know, digest what's going on you know, kind of take it in and then write about it. But with all the assignments and everything, it was like, just go, go, go. Um, you know, so I didn't get much sleep. And then, you know, I finally was able to rest up Saturday and Sunday. Uh, so diving into Monday, uh, day two, the NFL draft. Uh, so we're, we're sitting there and we're, we're waiting and uh, we get the Brandon Jones selection to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, and then we get, Devin DuVernay to the Ravens. Good call there. Uh, so that that was kind of how day two went. Uh, as far as the, the Brandon Jones selection itself, I thought that was a good pick, a good spot for him. You know, it's not where he's going to have to come in and immediately be a, a contributor. And so I thought that that was good for him. He'll have time to really learn the defense, probably be on special teams a bunch, get some sub packages, I mean, then we had the Devin DuVernay selection, who you called it, like, round pick everything. You had it nailed. Uh, So were you pretty excited with where Devin went? I was really excited, and I was actually kind of lounging back um, because he had been at the time, uh, late in the third round, the top wide receiver on the board for about 10 to 15 picks before he actually got selected. So I was just kind of hanging out towards the end of the round, and then I saw the Ravens on the clock, and obviously they took him at pick 92. So at the time, I didn't realize I had nailed it um, to the exact pick, but I know last week on the podcast we were talking about DuVernay and how great of a fit he would be with the Ravens and how there seemed to be some mutual interest there. So I got excited, jumped up, ran and covered it. So that's probably my most um, exciting pick of the three, but I actually thought Brandon Jones went a little higher than expected. I probably thought he was going to go in the uh, 90 to 100 range rather than 70. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a little earlier than expected, you know, and, you know, but it was a good spot for him. I think, you know, very young team. He's got a, very defensive-oriented coach, Brian Flores. I think that's a good spot for him And as the Dolphins try to rebuild that team. And we're going to get more into their fits and how they all come about. Uh, so we're sitting there watching it, and obviously day two ends with two Longhorns off the board. We thought three might go. You know, Matt Miller of Bleacher Report had all three being drafted in the third round. And day two ends, and – there's, you know, Colin Johnson still sitting there and we go into day three of the draft and it's just continuing on and we're, it's just Colin Johnson still sitting there. And, yeah. so, and then eventually he gets taken by the Jags. Uh, were you shocked at all with how far he went down? 
I was actually. And I thought, um, especially with Matt Miller's uh, mock draft for day three, I actually thought that was a little too good to be true. So I don't know if I was actually expecting him in round three or not, but round five was a little late for me. I thought he would probably be selected uh, probably late round four. I thought he'd go off the board right away on day three, but I think he couldn't have landed I guess, in a better situation. It's really hard to not find a fit for Colin Johnson, but um, he's going to provide a reliable and hard-to-miss target for a young quarterback like Gardner Minshew. Yeah, and I think it's it's good good for him. I'm glad to hear that you know he's going to get an opportunity. Interesting that all three selections were in the AFC. All three selections are technically on the East Coast. So... I think it's I think it's good all the way around. I mean, you got Miami, you got Jacksonville, and you got Baltimore. Uh, were you surprised at all that Malcolm Roach was not selected in the seven round NFL draft? I'm actually not shocked about Roach not getting drafted. I thought the best case scenario for him would be a late sixth or seventh round pick, but regardless, he was going to be a primary target as an undrafted free agent. So I'm excited that he kind of got to pick where he went and he's obviously going to love being back home in new Orleans and they have a solid team all around. So he can likely compete to find his way onto the active roster there. But um, I wasn't confident in betting that he would be a draft pick period. Yeah, so he's going to join Lil Jordan Humphrey and Malcolm Brown in New Orleans. So some familiar names will be down there with him. Obviously, he's from Baton Rouge. So, you know, going back to play in his home state, a lot of family around him. I'm really rooting for him to make that team. I really would. I think it would be fantastic for for him to make the squad down there with the Saints. And speaking of Longhorns reuniting, we should call the Baltimore Ravens the Baltimore Longhorns or something because – they really must like having Longhorns on their team. I know there's Earl Thomas, Deshaun Elliott, Justin Tucker, there's Devin Duvernay now. And it's not just any Texas Longhorns. It's ones that are um, kind of at the top of their roster receiving significant um, playing time. I am comfortable with calling them the University of Texas of Baltimore. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, if it's not Baltimore, it's Seattle, right? I mean, they're, they're UT Austin West or something. Because, uh, you know, Seattle likes the Longhorns as well. So, you know, not a shock to see him go to Baltimore. And now, he, like you said, he joins, uh, see, Deshaun Elliott, obviously Earl Thomas, Justin Tucker. I mean, so, I mean, they got plenty of Longhorns out there. And now Devin goes to that team, and, and we're going to get more into how he fits that roster. But they got a lot of speed there in Baltimore now, now that they've added Devin. Now, in the other name, obviously, is Zach Shackelford, who – will be joining the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He signed as a, a free agent. I was excited about that just for him to get an opportunity. You know, he was one of those guys that I could have seen as a late seventh rounder, but, you know, ultimately it was probably going to be an undrafted free agent. He gets to go to Tampa, uh, play alongside Tom Brady as they change that team completely. But coming up next, we're going to dive more into the Actual team fits for each of the top three Texas Longhorns. All right, Kami, so let's get into Devin Duvernay's fit with Baltimore. Obviously, like we mentioned in the in the first segment of our show, that they added a lot of team speed. Now, they already had uh, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, whatever you want to call him. Obviously, Lamar Jackson. Um, and then they go and add uh, J.K. Dobbins. Fast, 
speedy running back to go along with that team. And then obviously you get Devin and now you've got a lot of speed. And I thought it was really interesting how Devin's kind of, he spoke briefly after being drafted about how he models his, he wants to model his game after Steve Smith, who spent some time there in Baltimore. So I don't know. I did. It almost feels like it's a culmination of being a perfect fit for him because it kind of fits his play style. Um, and obviously Baltimore is trying to keep up with Kansas city. So they add a lot of speed. And so where do you think Devin fits? Is he, is he going to be a starter you think right off the bat, or do you think he kind of works his way into it? Yeah, I don't think he could have landed in a better spot period, but I do think he will immediately contribute and probably start in the slot. He's going to provide um, a fast, speedy, reliable security blanket for Lamar Jackson. Um, You could see how excited John Harbaugh was when they um, drafted him at that point. He thought the Patriots had actually traded up to draft him right ahead of them. So um, they're very excited of him. I know their GM kept comparing him to Steve Smith Jr. as well. Um, He's excited to be there. I just think it was a match made in heaven for the two. Yeah, it absolutely was a match made in heaven for the two, like you said. And I'm excited about it. I'm ready to see how he does. I'm excited to see, like, how he um, can contribute and and win from the slot and, you know, kind of be like Steve Smith Sr., who obviously we know was a smaller stature wide receiver, but he was physical, he was fast, and you you couldn't find a better competitor on the field than Steve Smith. And yeah, so, and that that offense just looks absolutely dangerous. I know they're kind of a smaller, speedy guys, but man, they're going to get the job done quick. Yeah, they they definitely will. And then and then there was Colin Johnson going over to Jacksonville. Obviously, we talked about how they're a young team. Uh, they have Gardner Minshew as their quarterback. Uh, they've added some weapons as far as tight end. They added Tyler Eifert. Um, obviously, they already had Chris Conley and DJ Chark. D.D. Westbrook already there, and and now you're adding in Colin Johnson, LaVisca Chenault. That's another team that's, like, loading up on the offensive weapons and giving a very young quarterback um, plenty of options. And so I don't think Colin's going to start immediately, but I think he's one of those guys who can kind of work into that, playing that outside receiver role for them and allowing the other guys to kind of move around. Yeah, I agree. I think he's going to have to work his way into the starting rotation, but um, especially with DJ Chark ahead, he obviously had a great season last year, but um, Colin Johnson is just that unique. He has that unique build. He's obviously um, very tall. He's going to be hard to miss for a young quarterback like that. He can probably provide a great red zone target. Um, I don't know. I think he's going to turn heads uh, as soon as the season starts. And I know we mentioned this long before, but out of the three prospects, uh, that we're heading into the draft from Texas. I just, for some reason, think Colin Johnson's going to be the most remembered. I just think he's that guy that's um, hard to miss, and he's obviously a very high character. He has underrated route running. So even though he was drafted last, I think he's going to make an impact in the league. Yeah, it's just I am excited to watch that, how that's all going to unfold, because that wide receiver room is is getting pretty crowded down there in Jacksonville. So I really want to see how he does. Like I said, they have D.D. Westbrook, Shark, and Conley are kind of slated right now as the starters. But I don't feel like that – I don't think that might not be the case, you know, as far as who's going to start. But I think he's still going to get plenty of snaps with different rotations, getting him involved, getting Chenault involved. So good for him. I'm glad Colin got selected, and I like where he got selected at, a young team, and he's going to be able to make his mark. 
And then obviously we have Brandon Jones, who's going to Miami. And Miami's really built that defense up, especially in the secondary. Um, you know, Byron Jones, they added him. They already had uh, Xavier uh, from Baylor. They have Rowe, and then they have McCain. So I, I think Brandon Jones really fits in as, like, coming in as a sub package. Maybe they take a linebacker off the field and they kind of play him in that hybrid underneath role, allowing him to use his speed and athleticism um, to really make a difference. Maybe get some blitzing off the edge or covering backs and uh, tight ends uh, is kind of how I could see them using him. Yeah, I think it was a great fit for him as well. And I think Miami um, kind of reminds me of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a way. It just seems like their whole team uh, changed. But they're going to be a team to watch within the next two years. They they had a pretty decent draft this year. Obviously, um, some big name incoming uh, free agents like Byron Jones. They traded for um, I, that running back from the 49ers is a Matt Breida. Matt Breida. Um, yeah. But I was actually – interested I guess you could say when I was watching when Brandon Jones got the call from Miami because it looked like he wasn't expecting that call um if you watched his or I guess lip read his girlfriend at the time uh, she expected it to be the Saints or the Lions so I thought that was interesting but um I think Miami is a good fit for him they didn't even draft another safety besides him um obviously they're bringing in Kayvon Frazier from the Cowboys but um I just think they have a good secondary there. I think um, he'll be able to learn under people like Byron Jones and Frazier. They're uh, very good men off the field, and I think they'd be um, open to kind of leading the way for him. And I think it's fun for him also that Colin Johnson is in Florida as well. So um, I know they were pretty close, and he's just in Jacksonville, and Brandon Jones is in Miami. So I just think with all three of these former Texas players, they all landed in good spots. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny you talked about Miami being a, you know, retooling or, or loading up. Uh, rebuilding that team and you talked about how it's going to be completely different and now they're in an AFC East that's wide open I mean obviously you can't discount the New England Patriots with you know Bill Belichick but now that Tom Brady's not there it it doesn't look as fearsome I should say because you know Tom Brady's not there so maybe that run on AFC East championships by the Patriots it might end this year yeah, I agree. And I'm still very curious to see what they do in the long run at the quarterback position. I don't know if um, they'll succeed with their young guy this year or whether they're going to uh, somehow lock in the Trevor Lawrence next season. I know um, he's not afraid to trade away draft picks or anything like that. So I don't know. It's very interesting to keep an eye on them. Yeah, it will be something to watch that unfolds over the next several months as hopefully we get some football to talk about and hopefully the Training camps and everything will will go off without a hitch. But coming up next, we're going to get into some of the 2021 mock drafts that are already out. First overall selection odds and your final thoughts on the NFL draft. All right, Cammie, I might have a sickness. Uh-oh. What is it? I'm already looking at 2021 NFL mock drafts. Oh, that's okay. But they, uh, I mean, in my opinion, have been so far off. <laughs> but I don't know. That's what you would expect this early, I guess. So I've seen several, and I've seen a couple that have a couple Longhorns in the first round. The uh, okay. latest one that I saw was Samuel Cosme going 32nd overall to the Baltimore Ravens. That is such a Ravens pick because he's a Texas Longhorn. <laughs> Can you imagine if they draft another Texas Longhorn next year? Good Lord. 
Uh, I seen one that had Samuel Cosme going to the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. I can see that. And then Caden Stearns is the other one that I kind of have seen in that first round era, that first round area, I should say. And, and I don't think that that's too far off, but I also think that it's going to depend a lot on what Caden Stearns is able to do this season. Um, other names that I've heard, uh, one other name I should say that I've heard in that first round area was, and this isn't so much from analysts, but just people suggesting it, uh, Joseph Asai. Yeah, I think um, for Asai and Stearns especially, they need to have kind of a, a breakout season, a very consistent season this year. Um, other than that, they they have the raw talent uh, to be a high draft pick next season. But uh, like I said, they, they have to put it together on the field this year in order for that to happen. Yeah, they definitely got to put it on the field. It's just a matter of, you know, can they put it on the field, put it all together? Um, you know, it's it's one of those things or we've we've talked about this time and time again, especially when it comes to the talent level at the University of Texas. You know, securing talent has never been a problem for Texas. It's just putting it all together. So if they can do that and Texas is successful this year, I don't see a reason why they can't. Um, I was taking a look at uh, Bet MGM put out their odds for the who is the most likely to be the number one overall selection. And would you believe Sam Ellinger and Sam Cosme have the same exact odds? Yeah, that's kind of uh, ridiculous to me. I think Sam Cosme will be the highest Texas player drafted in the 2021 NFL draft. And um, right now I'd probably feel safe predicting him to be um, a top 20 pick. I think uh, between the 10 and 20 range right now is where I'd be safe projecting him. Ellinger is kind of a wild card to me. Um, He would have to have a a very solid, very consistent, um, a little more accurate in the air, uh, senior season, kind of a Heisman Trophy trophy candidate season. Um, And even still, I think he will land in maybe uh, the second round at best. I just don't see him being a first round pick. I mean, I'll do, I'll do you one better. I think he has to be a finalist for the, for the Heisman, not just have a Heisman worthy season. I think he has to be like top three. Yeah, and I think what um, also comes into play is obviously Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields going ahead of him, so that's going to push him back a little. So I don't know. I just feel like even if he does have a Heisman Trophy candidate season, he'll likely be uh, second round at best. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence had the best odds um, at negative 250. Justin Fields was next at plus 350. One of the guys that I kind of would keep my eye on because I thought it would be interesting is Jamar Chase. Uh, wide receiver from LSU. He's got plus 5,000 odds. Ellinger and Cosme came in at plus 8,000. So, but they were ahead of the quarterback from AM, Mund, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Mund. Yeah, he was plus 10,000. He actually had the same odds as Iowa State quarterback uh, Brock Purdy at plus 10,000. Interesting. So that is the odds for the 2021 NFL draft to go number one overall. Uh, obviously, the NFL draft is now complete. The For the most part, the undrafted free agency spending spree is kind of over. We kind of got an idea of who's going where. Uh, what were your overall thoughts on the NFL draft as far as the Texas Longhorns were concerned? 
I thought um, it went kind of as best as they could have hoped. Uh, these were always their top three uh, draft prospects. They kind of landed around when, where they were projected. Even Colin Johnson, we mentioned um, how that was low for him, but most mock drafts had him around round four and five. So um, I think it went best case scenario for them in terms of the overall draft. I thought um, it started off very slow at first, but I ended up really enjoying the virtual draft. I like to see inside the players' homes and um, their excitement with their families and things like that. And I didn't really see too many glitches. Um, so I don't know. I'd be curious to see how they kind of organize the drafts moving forward. But it seemed like for some reason this year that a lot of teams drafted really, really well. I know the Baltimore Ravens and Jacksonville Jaguars were two of my favorites. The Cowboys obviously had um, a very strong draft, probably one of their best in the past decade or so. So I thought it was really entertaining. I thought it was fun. Um, I thought they made it, I guess, as enjoyable for everyone as they could. Yeah, I think so too. I, I really, I really enjoyed seeing kind of the, the humanized side of the draft, you know, in that we, we see so much about these players, right. And, and we, and these coaches and these, and the staffs, and, and we forget that they're humans too. I mean, I mean, I, I don't think that we actually, on purpose forget who they are or, you know, anything of that nature. I just think that sometimes we forget because we're so right. focused on, or we're, we're keyhole on the fact that it's, that it's, you know, it's football and, and, you know, and I, you know, I even see people on social media and whatnot, you know, getting upset with, um, you know, certain players for not focusing on, you know, working on their game or whatnot. So, you know, I, I just thought that that was, that was interesting and and you know i loved the, i loved how they gave it a more laid back feel because when they're in the war room they're all um in their suits and it's all kind of fancy and things like that but you got to see uh, a lot of laid back scenarios i know we were joking about uh roger goodell who was just leaning back in his chair announcing the picks we saw bill belichick just looked like he was on his kitchen table with his dog um Cliff Kingsbury was probably the opposite in his looking mansion, but he was just relaxing on the couch. So I thought it was interesting to see how the coaches handled man, it. People made so much, made such a big deal about Kingsbury. Like it's like, leave the man alone. I mean, he's living his life. He's, he's living the, the good life. Yeah. And he's in Arizona. So I'm sure the real estate isn't overly expensive. So um, I'm happy um, for him. I'm glad he's succeeding. I'm, I'm pretty sure he can afford it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, he'll be able to afford that for a while. So if you had to take a pick right now, who is who is a guy that you want to keep your eye on? Who is a guy that you want to keep on this next season that could potentially be a top pick in the NFL draft? Uh, with the Longhorns? Yeah. Specifically? Oh, Cosme for sure. Um, well, I, I won't say Cosme actually because he's kind of a for sure bet that everyone's going to be talking about. So I'm going to go Caden Stearns here. Uh, he's been one of my pet cats uh, since he came in and had that solid freshman season. So if he could just stay healthy, that's his only downfall. If he can stay healthy this season, um, I think he's going to impress a lot of people and creep up into the first round. I'm going to give you a name of a guy that I think could earn his way into the conversation and I'm going to go with Keandre Coburn. Yeah, I've seen that mentioned on Twitter a couple times. That, they're, they're expecting big things from him. I mean, you get the, you're getting a new defensive scheme um, that's going to allow him to, you know, you know, exert his will a little bit more. I mean, obviously, you talk about a guy, he's 6'2", he's 350 pounds. He's just a monster inside. And, you know, NFL teams, they need those kind of guys. 
Um, right. you know, they need to be able to plug holes and, and allow their linebackers to roam. And, I, you know, I think that's why I'm excited about this new defense. It's because you're going to have guys like Coburn up in the middle, and it's going to allow the linebackers to move around a little bit more. We're talking about Juan Mitchell, uh, Overshone. I mean, those guys, I think they're going to have a little bit more playmaking ability. So those are guys that I'd be excited about. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Longhorns podcast. Make sure you tune in to the newest Locked on Big 12 podcast. Just tell your smart device to play the latest episode for Cami. I am Patrick, and we will see you on Wednesday. Welcome. Okay.